Spectrum is brought to you by the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. Before a new idea can become a way of thinking, before one detail can flip the narrative, before anything that matters can change the world, it must, above all, be known. The duty of the Scripps College of Communication is to bring forth the people who bring forth the knowledge, by word or image or data stream and in every medium and by all means, they succeed. They say, make it loud, make it clear, make it known. Learn more at ohio.edu slash Scripps College. Welcome to Spectrum. I'm your host, Tom Hodson. On Spectrum, we cover a wide range of topics. We feature journalists, authors, scholars, policymakers, activists, innovators, and sometimes people with just fascinating stories. Today, we're talking with Chief Justice Sharon Kennedy of the Supreme Court of Ohio. Chief Justice Kennedy was elected chief in November 2022 after already serving on the court as an associate justice since 2012. She talks with us about a new rural practice incentive program in Ohio to close the access to justice gap for 56% of Ohio's population. Ohio, like many other states, have too few attorneys in rural and underserved parts of the state. Chief, there's a new program, a rural practice incentive program that's being launched in Ohio. First, uh, tell us about it. What, what's it targeting and, and what's it supposed to do? Ohio, like many other states across the country, are finding themselves with significant legal deserts. And what that means is there's an underrepresentation of lawyers to a particular county. The data furnished by the Ohio Found Access to Justice Foundation, their ratio is one lawyer for every 700 persons in a county. When you look at that projection and you overlay it on Ohio, there are only six counties with sufficient legal representation. Not surprisingly, the big counties, Cuyahoga, Franklin, Hamilton, Lucas, Montgomery County, and Summit. The remaining 82 are underserved counties where they do not have an adequate ratio of lawyers to citizens. For example, Vinton County, they only have two lawyers for more than a 12,000 citizen population, which means more than 6,000 citizens for one lawyer. Those are the kind of legal deserts that we're looking at. And as a result of that, it was really the General Assembly who has decided to tackle the problem. If you take a look back in time in the early 90s, there was a rural practice initiative when it came to medicine that the state of Ohio is trying to figure out how do you get practitioners to deliver medical services in these more rural areas. And that was really the loan repayment system 
that came into place for doctors. And this, which was developed um, through the General Assembly and the House Bill, um, General Assembly 134, House Bill 150, which became effective January 2nd of 23, this is really where the loan repayment program begins. And I say it begins because right now we're in an open window for that program. But I think beyond this window, I think there are other things that we need to work on to fill the pipeline of lawyers. The program offers incentives for people to uh, young lawyers, either third year law students or, or young lawyers to go to these areas uh, to work as prosecutors, public defenders or court appointed attorneys. Is that correct? That's correct. They're looking for new Ohio attorneys licensed fewer than eight years. They can reduce their student loan debt. It is a commitment of 520 hours each year in an underserved community. And it's $10,000 of loan repayment per year. It is a three-year contract beginning, but there is some availability for a fourth or fifth year for a total of $50,000 loan repayment. There is a stipulation by the Ohio Department of Higher Education who wrote the rules that you cannot also be a participant in another government loan repayment program. So this is, if you are not part of another government program, you can apply for this program. Uh, is there a deadline? There is. March 15th is the deadline for this cycle. And for a listener who fits that category or a family member who has a family member who fits the, that category of a new Ohio attorney licensed fewer than eight years, they would go to highered.ohio.gov backslash rural dash practice in order to fill out their application. Chief, is this a problem that's unique to Ohio? I know as Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of Ohio, you talk with other Chief Justices around the country. Uh, is this unique to Ohio or is this something that's national? It is a national problem for your listeners who want to learn more about it. The American Bar Association did a study in 2020 and an updated study in 2023, and the profile on the law, that publication really demonstrates the legal deserts that exist across the country. Is this because that there are too few law students or the fact that the law students that we have are going to urban areas to practice a, a different kind of law than perhaps they would in a rural area. Could, can you give us some reasoning behind this? I think it's all those things that you just stated. There are fewer individuals who are applying to law school here in Ohio. There are fewer young people who are returning home to Appalachia or rural Ohio once they come into the major metropolitan areas to go to college, they're ending up staying. 
For those lawyers that I've spoken to who are true agricultural lawyers, and that runs the gamut of wearing a lot of different hats in a day, whether that's property rights, environmental, contract, workers' compensation, estate planning, the whole gamut of running a farming operation. They say that there are fewer and fewer lawyers like them coming to practice that agricultural lawyer or law. Your your career, uh, before you uh, arrived at the court, you practiced in southwestern Ohio in in, uh, uh, Butler County, I, I believe. You also were a police officer for a while. Talk to us about how important it is for people to have access to legal representation, whether they're a victim of crime or or whether they have a domestic issue or uh, even need a, a will. Uh, tell us uh, about the needs of people. I think it's critical that you have a sufficient population of lawyers to serve the legal needs of citizens. Every aspect of our life at some point in time, we really need to draw upon the service and experience of a lawyer. You said so yourself, drawing up a will or an estate plan to help guide you through a living will or a medical declaration to help explain the law if you are arrested. Clearly, the United States Supreme Court in Wainwright versus Gideon declared that anytime someone is charged with a crime as an adult or a juvenile is charged with a delinquency complaint and they're unable to afford representation themselves, the government has a responsibility to provide legal representation for that individual. So I was a general practitioner. I was a solo practitioner. So I did a true jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none kind of law practice. I know how that goes. I was also part of the court-appointed attorney system. So I was on the court-appointed lists for municipal courts and county courts, the juvenile court, and the court of common pleas, and the felony division. And I can tell you that If you were in need of an attorney, you would want the court to be able to appoint someone who is knowledgeable and experienced and willing to take those cases. But if you don't have anyone to appoint, where where are those counties going to go? That's why I think you see that spotlight as you opened up the program to talk about what are the three things that the General Assembly really focused on in House Bill 150. And it was a public defender, a court-appointed attorney, or a prosecutor. So there are prosecutors' office who also cannot find young lawyers to come in and serve as assistant prosecutors. Now, for the Ohio Access to Justice Foundation, they're looking at this as the beginning. They're hoping that in future general assemblies that they would then expand it to civil litigation. Civil litigation meaning that you are facing eviction or you are facing the decline or the turnoff of benefits, whether that be medical or sustenance, that they would expand this program to do those things that 
really do impact a person's life from being sheltered to being homeless. Clearly in the world of custody, when you're in juvenile court and the state is filing an action of abuse, neglect, dependency against you, you are entitled to representation. The court being the Ohio Supreme Court recently ruled in an adoption case that an indigent parent is entitled to the same representation because when you're terminating all of their parental rights, it is really the death penalty of parenting. So as a result of that, all of those cases are also subject to court-appointed counsel as well. Many people out there listening may wonder and say, okay, I've heard of public defender offices or I've heard of legal services. Uh, Why don't they take care of all of this? Why do we need uh, extra folks to to handle this? Can, Can you talk about that? So because the program is actually targeting public defenders, I actually believe there aren't enough public defenders. And for those counties that do not have a public defender system in place, They're using court-appointed counsel, a private practitioner just like myself, willing to take those cases on an assigned basis. Now, you have to understand that when you're signing up to take those cases, that rate of return of what you're going to be paid is controlled by the county. It is not an extensive amount by way of an hourly rate. I think when I was doing it, it was $30 an hour. There are some counties who have never adjusted that rate in 40 years. There are some who are calling for a a kind of fresh look at it. The current General Assembly created a committee who is actually looking at the process of how indigent defense is provided for in the state of Ohio. And there are a number of individuals on that committee. I attended their first meeting. They just had a second meeting on February 8th with a final report that is expected to be back to the General Assembly by April or May of this year. So I think they recognize the problem as well. That is why there's the call to study it. There is a new executive director of the Ohio Public Defender's Office, uh, Ms. Miller. And I know that she's also part of that committee that's looking at this issue. I know as before I moved last May, I was sitting uh, in both common pleas and municipal courts in Ohio as a retired judge. And I was amazed, even with a public defender system and legal services, how many people there might be conflicts or I had to appoint uh, counsel outside. And it, it was like finding hen's teeth. It, it was very, very difficult to find people to take these cases. Uh, I hope this program helps. Well, I think that's one aspect. And, and I failed to mention the conflict cases that do develop. So thank you for sharing that perspective as well. I look at this program as this is a first step. This is the General Assembly's pathway to try to get young lawyers to see this as a pathway to pay off school loans. 
I look at this as a pathway to begin the larger conversation. For me, phase two is trying to fill the pipeline. If you're looking at someone who's in high school, looking at going to college and then law school, so you're looking at a seven-year or 10-year opportunity to start filling the gap, we're beginning that conversation with the Ohio Access to Justice Foundation, the Ohio State Bar Association. We have been working in partnership and we are trying to reach those young leaders that already exist in Appalachia or rural Ohio through FFA programs, the Future Farmers of America, or they are part of the 4-H program or they're part of the Ohio Farm Bureau programs, whether they're attending a state convention or a local event, we're trying to put lawyers and judges in those forums to speak to those young people about the service that they would provide to families and communities by going to law school and returning home. I think everything you see research-wise right now, young people today want a life that is meaningful, and meaningful means service to others. I can't think of a career more important in serving others than being a lawyer and helping someone through a tragedy, through a, a joyous event like an adoption, or helping them through just ordinary, typical, routine legal issues that come about just as a result of living. People are so familiar with the medical system because everybody has a medical issue or, or a family member that has a medical issue. People don't understand that they're going to probably at some point have a legal issue, and they need then to be able to turn to someone to help them through that, that uh, strange landscape that we call the law. Uh, I, I really hope this, this, this helps. And as you said, you have to do this in phases because you're looking at seven to 10 years out and, uh, what's happening now probably is not going to solve the problem. It's going to help, but not solve the problem. Would that be accurate? I think that's true because you are looking at, as you stated earlier, the declining number of young people who are attending law school. So there has to be a spark of inspiration to, for them to see that this is a possibility of service for them and that it's the right fit. But I keep going back for it's the right fit for their community as well. So if they're a young leader in one of those organizations already, they, they have a strong tie and commitment to that community and agriculture, those are the ones that we're then trying to tap in to get them to see that they could make such a significant difference back home. It is my greatest hope that the General Assembly continues this program. So right now it was the, the 134th General Assembly that enacted House Bill 150, and obviously it will sunset at some time, so it will stand for future General Assemblies to continue the program. Let's walk through the, the program uh, a little bit. But before we do that, I, I did want to ask you, uh, what are other states 
doing about this same problem? You mentioned earlier this is a national issue. Are other states trying the same type of program, or is Ohio a pilot program? How, how do we fit in the national landscape? Well, I'm looking for the name of the two states, but there are two other states who have a loan repayment program, and I want to say it's South Dakota okay, and Wisconsin, but don't quote me on that. I'm, <laughs> I'm right. looking for my two states. We won't hold you on that, but there are two states that are doing similar uh, types of programs. They are, and we have been looking at what other states are doing to see is there something else that we could be doing to really connect with young people and get and getting them to be inspired to become lawyers? I, uh, you know, it's been centuries since I went to law school, but uh, I, I went to law school with not the intention of practicing, uh, and then uh, ended up going back to Athens, Ohio, where I was uh, an undergraduate student and, and spent my entire legal career uh, practicing there and, and sitting on the bench there. So, it, you know, sometimes there's a, a switch that you can turn on with a young person that gets them to, to look at uh, going into the law. Uh, it's it's an amazing uh, credential to have with you that helps you in multiple careers uh, in in multiple environments. I would agree, and not everyone leaves college and goes right to law school. Sometimes they take a detour, like I do, and they did something else, but they keep coming back, or they're drawn to the law. The two states are South Dakota and Nebraska, not Wisconsin. Ah, good. Thank you. South Dakota and Nebraska are doing a, a similar thing. And then other states are experimenting, I, I'm sure, uh, trying to f solve the same issue. I think that's the most interesting thing about the ABA studies, because when you read those surveys and their research, they are really talking about the impact to the country. Now, many people think that there are way too many lawyers. So it's fairly shocking for most people to realize that there are only six counties in the state of Ohio with sufficient lawyers for representing the population. I also think another demographic that I don't have in front of me is the age of lawyers and the aging out of lawyers where the average age in one county is 67 years of age. If that's your average age of lawyers and they retire, who's coming behind them? Very few. So we did offsite court in Jefferson County, and the judge who hosted us there, Judge Miller, said they're experiencing the same difficulties in Jefferson, and they're really trying to engage high school students in the mock trial programs to see the law as a career for the future. Well, I hope that they succeed because I read or heard from you uh, some statistics. I want to make sure that these are right. 75% of Ohio lawyers practice in the seven largest counties. 
So it's 75% practice in the six largest counties. Six largest counties. It used to be seven, and Mahoning County just fell off with underrepresentation in the new demographics that were provided. And so that leaves, to, to give people perspective, that leaves about 56% of the state of Ohio's population are in these legal deserts and, and need lawyers to, to represent them. Would that be a correct figure? That's true. So when you look at the population, which is nearing 12 million, you're really looking at one half the population, 6.5 million, are underrepresented. So let's get back to how you're going to, or how the group, you, the uh, Ohio Department of Higher Education, the Ohio Access to Justice Foundation, all, this partnership are trying to get people to sign up to this program. Uh, it's, again, an application would be due by March 15th of 2024, uh, so you don't have a lot of time to, to get on this. And again, the address, uh, Chief, that, that they can use to, to go online to look at the application process. It's highered.ohio.gov backslash rural hyphen practice. So once somebody applies and to apply, they have to either be a third-year law student or a young lawyer, but that young lawyer, there's a, a year qualification, correct? So in writing the rules, the Ohio Department of Higher Ed is requiring that they are a new lawyer with less than eight years of licensure. Okay, so that's eight years, less than eight years from the time that they're licensed, whether they are practicing or not, or doing something else. Uh, and once they apply uh, and accepted into the program, let me ask, do they have to have a job in place? Do they have to uh, have something lined up with either a county or city prosecutor's office, a public defender's office, or courts that will appoint them? Do, does Is that a prerequisite? I have not heard, nor have I seen, that that would be a prerequisite to signing up for the program. They are looking at a three-year commitment at the outset where you are agreeing to serve 520 hours in an underserved county doing one of those three things. That averages out to about 10 hours a week, roughly. Correct. And to me, if you have a student loan debt, that $10,000 of paying off your student loan debt for each year of service, that's significant. With that opportunity of yet a fourth or fifth year for a maximum of $50,000, I think is a significant, not only helping the student pay off a student loan, but helping the community. So I would assume that that young lawyer has an idea of where they're going to go, where they're going to practice, but they're entering that contract with the Department of Higher Education. And in my uh, review of this, the, the Department of Higher Education does not help 
the uh, applicant find a a job. That's that's up to the applicant uh, themselves uh, right. to 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 do that. So they have to take take some initiative. Well, that's why I think they actually have some knowledge of or knowing where they're going when they're applying. So if I were still in Butler County and I fit these parameters, I would know that I'm either going to be doing that in Butler, Warren, Adams, Brown, in my surrounding Southwest Ohio. But then I'm making those connections to ensure that I have that work lined up. And if somebody is worried about maybe going to a rural area that they know nothing about farming or whatever, we're, we're looking at 82 of the 88 counties in Ohio would qualify. So uh, we're also talking about suburban communities such as Butler County, which is located for our listeners uh, between Cincinnati and Dayton. Correct. So even your more suburban counties have lawyers, have the ratio of lawyer to citizens that causes it to be underrepresented. And again, that's one to 700. Is that correct? That's correct. That was the metric that they used. So are you in, you've been talking to a lot of people and a lot of media outlets about this, Chief. Uh, are you encouraged by the response you're getting? I am encouraged. When you have the opportunity to go on a radio station and talk about something, an initiative by the General Assembly, that really would be of significant impact to those communities. Information is power. So part of this, what I call really talking to people about it is so that lawyers become aware of it or a family member who has a lawyer in their family who fits that criteria calls them up and says, did you know about this program? It's hard to get the information out there in such a limited window. So the program opened July, January 18th and it closes March 15th. So here we are on Valentine's Day and we're still trying to tell young lawyers about the program in order to get them to actually sign up for the program. The court's involvement with this, Chief, uh, you know, the court is not spending the money. The money's coming from the legislature through various channels. How important is it for the Supreme Court of Ohio and you as Chief Justice to take a lead on this? Well, I think those states, Nebraska and South Dakota, that are showing some progress in fighting back on the legal deserts, they have chief justices involved in it. So the court is, they do the bar admissions, they run the practice of law. I think it's a natural fit for the chief to talk about this initiative. Although it was born by the General Assembly and two lawyers, I might add, Representative Hillier and Leland, who brought the provision forward and got the provision enacted, it still takes someone with a voice to talk to lawyers about doing it. Who else is there? 
So as the chancellor, I think, would say of higher education, yes, they're running the program, but really the voice of the program is the court itself because we're the ones tied to the legal profession. We're the ones tied to lawyers, not only in the admissions, but also in our lawyer-to-lawyer mentoring program. So when I was a young lawyer and I was going out as a solo practitioner, the Supreme Court of Ohio didn't have the mentoring program. I had a natural mentoring program of lawyers and judges in Butler County because I had been a police officer there. I had clerked for a general division judge there. So I had that built-in mentoring network. Well, here we're, we're here to help. So we will connect a young lawyer to a mentor to help them guide their pathway as they begin solo practice. And what I find great about lawyers and judges, it doesn't matter where I am in the state. If you have a question or you want to know something about that community, if you pick up the phone and identify yourself, I have never had a lawyer or judge say, no, I don't want to have a cup of coffee with you. I don't want to help you. I just think they're the most giving people that they want to help young lawyers be successful. Chief, one thing I failed to ask and I, I want to add is what if somebody signs up for the program? They're in the program. It's a three-year program. And, you know, say after the first year, they get a job offer in Washington or New York and say, I'm out of here. I'm not going to spend time in Athens or Vinton counties. I, I'm 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 going. Uh, what happens then, Tom? I don't know the answer to that. I only know the parameters of what they're looking for at the time. If someone breaks their contract with the Department of Higher Education, I don't know what happens in those loan repayment situations. Well, let's hope that that doesn't happen that often. Uh, I know the medical, uh, you, you cited the medical exam, uh, example of the early 90s, and quite frankly, it, it was pretty successful. Uh, so it, it, it's probably a good model to follow with this one. And you get people who get tied into the community. I know from the medical side, uh, we were certainly in an underserved area uh, for for medicine, and we have many many doctors who came and stayed long past uh, their their commitment time uh, and became uh, parts of the community. And I certainly hope the lawyers do the same thing. I would too. I think it's a significant to go to a community to serve. It would be really difficult for you not to become attached and engaged in that community in a significant way, just by the very nature of the work you do. Chief, thank you so much for talking with us about this program. Again, the deadline is March 15th. And again, how would young lawyers, either third-year law students or lawyers who have practiced less than eight years, how would they apply for this program? They go to highered.ohio.gov backslash rural dash practice. Sign up today. Thank you so much, Tom. You're so gracious to give me this time today. 
Today, we've been talking with Chief Justice Sharon Kennedy of the Supreme Court of Ohio about a new program to provide legal assistance to underserved counties. Spectrum is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our co-producer. I'm your host, Tom Hodson. Please subscribe to Spectrum. You can do that at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or at NPR One. Spectrum also is available at the NPR Podcast Directory. We always welcome your feedback, so please rate our podcast or review it through one of your favorite podcast outlets. If you have questions or comments about our podcast or have suggested topics for us to cover, please direct them to me by email. You can do that at hodson at ohio.edu. That's hodson, H-O-D-S-O-N, at ohio.edu. Have a good day, everyone.